that's how the rotation goes. They find them in the summer, fall in love and fall. Cuffing season is the winter. Spring, they break up, and then summer, there's a new love. <laughs> think that's how, I, think, I think that's how they broke it down for me. That's how I go. But the love doctor seems to talk about how to nurture what you have instead of always trying to upgrade or trading up. Mm-hmm. So let's yep. talk. Let's jump into it, Dr. Evie. Tell me. Great. Mm-hmm. What do you what define consistency in relationships for me? What does that look like? Well, I love to talk about consistency because I love to talk about the foundations of relationships. You know, we can talk about all the feelings and all the, uh, the foo-foo stuff, but I'm a foundation builder. I believe if you have a strong foundation, you can go as high as you want to and, and as expansive as you want to in your love relationships. So this is about building a foundation. And consistency is a word we really don't think about. You know, we don't think about when we talk about love. We talk about chemistry. We talk about connections. Mm-hmm. We talk about compatibility. But we don't talk about consistency. So um, consistency is an essential ingredient. If you're going to have a healthy, happy, whole um, love relationship. So it's consistency. And I like to talk about that because everybody wants to feel safe in a relationship. Yes. Everybody wants to feel secure in a relationship. Feeling safety and security is just a primal, basic, fundamental need. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay, absolutely. And so one of the ways that we can feel safe in a relationship, if we know that something is predictable, is that it's something we can rely on, that it's trustworthy and dependable. And so one of the ways to build trust and safety and security in a relationship is to have consistency. And what do I mean by that? Consistency is something that is repeated. It's on a continual basis. It is a repetitive behavior, it's repetitive words, um, and it is behavior that is repeated so that you can rely on it. You can predict it. Sometimes people think of predictability in a relationship as boring. Have you ever heard that? Very much so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. But I say that predictability in a relationship is essential because it builds trust. It's something that you can depend on. Yeah, I think um, I think I heard one of the pastors uh, put it one time. He said, instead of the um, the steady Leroy or the steady Bobby, you want uh-huh. hot sauce and thug life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we, you know, we don't want um, the nice guys. Sometimes we go after the thrill and the risk. But then I would say that we want to ask ourselves, why are we seeking? you know, um, relationships like that. I worked with a client um, successfully, a a young lady who had a relationship pattern, behavioral pattern of always choosing guys who were not available. Um, They were either not emotionally available or actually not available in relationships because they were already in one, but that was safe for her because she didn't have to commit, okay? And um, she could just be a player. (laughs) <laughs> she could just roll like that yeah she but never then, she never had to really touch any of her deep internal places she could just stay on the surface you go. and everything could be about spontaneity and nothing had to mm-hmm. be about commitment mm-hmm. you know so be about fun mm-hmm. all, all of that but she realized that you know the older she got 
she didn't want to play that anymore. She didn't want to move like that anymore. She didn't want to behave like that anymore. And so she needed some help in tapping into why she was doing the things that she was doing and choosing the kinds of men she was choosing because she wanted a more stable relationship. She actually wanted to be married. She wanted to have an adult, wholesome, real, deep, true, lasting relationship. And so we worked through uh, some issues over a six month period. And I will tell you that today she is in a loving, a delicious relationship I love to call it. <laughs> Not delicious. Okay. It is delicious. <laughs> you know, and she has grown herself up. She has, she had the courage to grow herself. And maybe that's something you and I can talk about it in another um, collaboration. Okay. The courage to grow yourself so that you are becoming the type of person you want to be in a relationship, okay? Um, and so um, what we were saying, that some people want uh, risky relationships, but if you were looking, that's not the folks I'm talking to right now. I'm talking to the folks who are looking for good love, for true love, deep lasting love, real love, as Mary J. Blige says. All right, I'm about to say, go ahead, Nita Baker with that. <laughs> With that good love over there, okay. Absolutely. All right, so, those are the people. Mm -hmm. And so if you are looking for that, one of the ingredients that you must have is, is consistency. And I just talked about why that's important, so that it builds safety, security, dependability, reliability, uh, and trust. Uh, so that's what it is, having um, predictable behavior so people can build trust in you. Now, I'm sure you know, Anita, of... Uh, women who have been in relationships that they couldn't trust their partner, couldn't rely on them, couldn't depend on them, didn't know what was going to happen from moment to moment, mm -hmm. you know, if they, what, where they were when they were away from uh, that person. And how does that feel? <laughs> well, it, it was a very uneasy feeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen it in a lot of marriages. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it in a lot of the relationships of my peers. Yeah. And it, it makes them very, the women that I saw, it made them very jumpy. Ooh, and yeah. um, they just weren't able to relax. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so if I say the opposite of the words that we're trying to build, if I say um, undependable, unreliable, untrustworthy, you know, that doesn't bring up the kinds of feelings, you know, that builds a lasting, loving relationship. Yeah. It's, right. And so we want to get back to how do I build trust in my relationship? How can I feel safe in this love? How can I feel secure? You know, knowing that my man's got me, my partner's got me, that whatever I need in whatever situation I'm in, you know, I've got a soft place to land. Yeah. I've got a secure place to land. And so this is about consistency, right? Um, so, so go ahead. We talked about what it is mm -hmm. and we dabbled a little bit just now into why it's important, mm -hmm. but how does one, I guess, nurture that consistency in a relationship? It's a great question. That's a beautiful question. And I'll, I'll give you an example in my own story for just a minute. Now, um, it took me three tries to find good love. My first marriage, I didn't have safety and security. You know, I was with someone who was consistently unfaithful. Okay. Got it. 
my second marriage, um, I was with someone who was consistently raging. Okay. And I didn't feel, didn't feel physically safe in that marriage and it didn't last long at all. And so consistency can um, show up in negative ways too, but we're not talking about that. So it took me three tries to finally find good love. And thank you, Lord. <laughs> I did find it. And I found it late in life. I was in my early 50s when I met my soulmate, Brian, who is my husband now of 10 years. And so it took, I was in my 50s and Brian was in his 60s. So I want to say to ladies, it is never too late, okay, to find good love because love comes at any age, okay? And, um, so let me see, get back to the question. I kind of lost my thought because I got lost in Brian. <laughs> oh, all right now. I hit it. Lost in yeah. her love. How, how do you nurture consistency in a relationship? Beautiful. Thank you for bringing me back to that. No problem. One of the things that Brian and I uh, have done consistently, um, even while we were dating, and it has lasted 10 years, is that we have a consistent date night. All right. So if it's Thursday night and you know me, if it's Thursday night, it's date night. And it's been that way for the last 10 years. Okay. So okay. what does that mean? That we have, we carve out a consistent time. We carve out sacred time for us, no matter what madness is going on in the world, no matter what the political climate is, no matter what the economic climate is, no matter what's going on in his respective family or my respective family, because Brian has adult children. I have an adult child as well. But no matter what's going on in the outside world, we take this one night, date night, and we carve out sacred time for us, okay? We shut out the world and we have this bubble of Brian and Evie, okay? It's just us. And so we have a date night and that al allows us to reconnect. It allows us to recenter. It allows us to ground ourselves and bring us back to us no matter what's going on in the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. How does that land with you? Yes. Asia? Now, let me ask you this. While you're mm -hmm. out on date night, mm -hmm. are there any topics that are off limits? Girl, you hit it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Date night is all about us. So we don't talk politics because my husband and I could not be more different. Okay. I am black. He is not. Okay. <laughs> I'm in my 60s. He is 76 next week. Okay. Um, so I'm black. He's white. I'm a preacher's kid. He's new to Christianity. Um, he's very conservative. Oh, my Lord, is that man conservative in his political outlooks? And I am not. <laughs> and so our, we couldn't be more different, but we could not be more perfect for each other. So the thing that we have and that our core values are compatible, right? And so we don't talk about politics. We kind of stay away from religion. We stay away from things, uh, subjects where we could become entrenched in our own perspectives, okay. right? Because that's a time for us to um, come together and talk about what we have in common, right? So it's not the differences that we want to focus on on date night. It's what we have in common what we share, what we value. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to back mm -hmm. this up for a second. For the women mm -hmm. out there that are seeking, desiring, yes. looking, mm -hmm. 
yes. open to mm-hmm. that good love, mm-hmm. how can they attract it? You know, you hit it. And that, we can talk about that for a whole other segment, and we should do that as well. I will tell you that if you, and, and I love the words you use, Anita, because you have to be open to love. Okay, you have to be open to good love. If you are still dealing with your ex, if you still haven't gotten over an ex, if you are still dealing with hurts from a past relationship, I'm not saying that you have to have all of those resolved, but as you are working through them, you must be open to receiving love. You have to be able to believe, you have to be in a position to believe that love is available, number one. Do you believe that love is possible for you, number one? Do you believe that uh, it's available to you, number two? And are you ready to be open to receive it? Because love is all around. (laughs) Love is looking for you. Love is waiting for you. There is no shortage of love. There is no shortage of good available men, period. Should I look for it in my just normal every day or should I plan things out of the norm to be in a place where it could happen? Like to say, I need to, um, you know, dress up, maybe put on a little bit of, of color in my face, maybe some eyelashes mm-hmm. or something and, and go to a happy hour? Or do I just need to go about my life in a normal fashion and it's just naturally going to happen? That is such a great question. And there are many, many layers to that. And so I'm going to say all of the above, okay? Yes and is my answer, okay? So number one for women, if you are wanting good love and marriage, Stop looking for it. Okay? Stop looking for it. It's not your job to look for it. It's your. <laughs> you got this look on your face. You got this. Go ahead. Go. Go. <laughs> it is not our job to look for love. It is our job to attract love. All right. There's a different energy in that. And so, how do you attract good love? Here's the deal. <laughs> All right. The core thing is, the number one thing is that you've got to feel good about yourself. You've got to love yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to know that you are worthy of love and you don't have to do anything to try to fix yourself to become worthy. Your worthiness is innate. Your worthiness is a part of your DNA. Your worthiness is by divine design. God designed you worthy. And so you don't have to earn it. You can't lose it. You can't diminish it. It it might be covered up from different life experiences, but your self-worth, your worthiness is innate, okay? And it's not an if-then thing. It's not if I do this, then I'll be worthy of love. Or it's not a when I, then I. When I do this, when I lose 40 pounds, when I, um, you know, earn more money, when I have my own home. When my my kids are grown. When my kids are grown. There you go. That's a good one. No. No. So your worthiness is not a matter of if then, it's not conditional, and it's not when I then I. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of good love, all right? You are worthy of good love, and I'm gonna put a period there, all right? And so um, the first thing is to feel good about yourself, to love yourself, all right? And if you love, I'm sorry, when you love yourself, your energy is different, your vibe is different. 
your radiance is different, okay? Your swag is different. You carry yourself differently. You speak differently. You walk differently. You have a confident walk because you know you're all that in the bag of chips. Do people still say that? Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so your energy is different. So you st it starts from within. Love is not an outside-in game. Love is an inside-out game. And so when you are in love with yourself, madly, deeply, passionately in love with yourself, then you radiate that. And as you radiate, radiate you're sending out different vibes. You're sending out different energy. Okay. So if you want love, love yourself first. I say date yourself first say date yourself because sometimes when we have been in relationships that have not uh, been successful we've lost ourselves in somebody else I remember after my second divorce <laughs> after my second divorce I didn't even know a simple um, answer to the question you know what's my favorite color what's my favorite food you know what are my desires because I was so wrapped up in pleasing my partner is that how does yes. that sound? Yes, yes, it, it, it makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. I thoroughly understand it because especially if your partner was the kind of person that was very needy yeah. and, oh and validated you only when he felt validated. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for doing this for me, not mm -hmm. thank you for being who you are. Ah, exactly. I love the, the way the, you put there's, that. There's huh? a big difference there because... And then when the more, the longer you, you, you're a nice person and you're open and you mm -hmm. don't even realize that you're being sucked in. Right. So the more you get sucked in, the less you think about yourself. Right. And when you, you get hit by that brick wall <laughs> and you realize that you haven't thought about yourself for two, four, 10 years, mm. it's difficult yes, to reconnect those, those polar opposites again. Absolutely. And it's difficult to um, get back into a routine of self-care and self-love. And so I say, take time to date yourself. You know, go to dinner with yourself, go to lunch with yourself, go to the beach with yourself and just take some time for self-reflection and to figure out uh, or remind yourself and rediscover who you are, what your core values are, what your needs are. How do you want to feel in a relationship? You know, sometimes we want to make this list of qualities and characteristics we want in our partner. And that's a good thing because I did that too. And I got everything that I needed. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything that's on the list. <laughs> and let me tell you, old guys rock. <laughs> okay. So whatever age you are, there is a perfect partner for you. I believe that with all my heart. Now let's, let's, let's flip this mm -hmm. because you said something very interesting earlier. Mm -hmm. You said, um, consistently consistency mm -hmm. can also show up negatively yes how yes. so oh my goodness like i said i was married to and and i'm gonna give these guys props because they are um good men they just weren't good husbands um, oh. for me and um so my uh, first husband was consistently unfaithful. That was just his thing. He was married, but conducted himself as though he were single. He was consistently untruthful. If his lips were moving, he was lying. Okay, but that was just his thing. Um, he might have grown out of that now. That's not my, my issue. And we co-parent our son, you know, uh, in a wonderful way. And that second husband, 
was just cons a consistent rageaholic. He had not done his work. He has not had not done his inner work to deal with his uh, childhood issues. And so um, there was always rage uh, in that. And, you know, someone could be consistent in having an abuse problem, a substance abuse problem. Okay? So you want to be aware of the patterns of behavior. You want to be aware of the patterns of how they treat you, how they talk with you, how they treat other people. Because uh, Maya Angelou says that when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Okay? <laughs> and when you detect those patterns, those consistencies, don't ignore them. Are they positive? Are they nurturing? Are they uplifting and supporting? Or are they, um, are they disempowering? Do they tear you down? Do they try to diminish you, minimize you, and invalidate you? Now, so can, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm listening. So you mentioned all the ways that uh, consistency can show up negatively. Mm -hmm. But you also said uh, that you help women, right, attract mm -hmm. love without mm -hmm. lowering their standards. Yes, without losing yourself or lowering your standards. And so that assumes, that implies that you must have some standards. So what are your standards? Okay. <laughs> what are your standards? What are your must-haves? What are your non-negotiables? What are your um, deal breakers? What are your standards? And if you find that you are consistently attracting the wrong kind of guy, like I was, I was attracting predators for quite a while. And so I had to deal with, you know, what is it in me that I am looking for uh, or radiating and attracting guys like that? And I, like I said, I had to take some time and date myself uh, and figure out, you know, uh, what was going on with me. What story was I telling myself about what I deserved and what I was worth and what was possible for me? So I had to rewrite that, my own love story uh, in, in, in that. But, um, uh, and again, I got lost in my, <laughs> in my own. Did my you, own okay, how long answers. did it, how long did it take for you to identify it? Mm -hmm. And when you identified it, how did you turn it around? Like, how, how did you take the negative and turn it into a positive? That's great. Um, I realized that I had, an excellent role model of what good love was. And that was my parents who were married for 40 plus years before my dad passed. Um, so I had a model, I had an example. I knew what good love looked like. I knew what it should feel like because my parents modeled it. And I also knew that that was not what I had because my marriages didn't feel good, okay? They weren't uplifting. As a matter of fact, my first husband used to say something like, you know, I just can't bring myself to cherish you. WTF. Right. Whoa. What was I doing staying in that relationship? Well, that was because I didn't cherish myself. I didn't think I was worthy. And I was just so glad that somebody married me. And then you have to get to a point of, oh, hell no. I deserve more than that. I am worth more than that. And so I had to decide that I was worthy. Okay. I had to um, reclaim and rediscover my own self-worth. And so um, I took the time to, like I said, uh, just figure out who I was and rediscover who I was. And I discovered that I liked myself. I liked me. As a matter of fact, I love me. You know, I'm a brilliant woman. 
I'm accomplished, I'm successful, I love the Lord, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, worship leader, singer, all of that good stuff. Huh? And so I had to remind myself, and this is a good, good exercise, I'm glad you asked that. Make a list of everything you love about yourself. Um, and it could be from, girl, I love that red lipstick you are rocking, okay? So just um, make a list of the things that you love about yourself to remind yourself of how wonderful and fabulous and phenomenal you are, okay? And again, that raises the energy so that you begin to weed out people who do not align with that energy, okay? You begin, you begin to repel the predators, you begin to repel the players because as you build your self-esteem and as you raise your own standards, okay, some of those folks can't meet that standard and so they will self-select, you know, they weed themselves out and you will weed them out. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. So raise your own standards. Remind yourself, you know, write a love list to yourself. The qualities you love about yourself, the things that you um, uh, enjoy and appreciate about yourself. Make a list of your own accomplishments because sometimes we don't celebrate ourselves enough. Okay. We don't remind ourselves of how great we are. Especially the small successes. Anything. I graduated from kindergarten. You know, <laughs> I made it out of elementary school. <laughs> the small things. Yes, I keep my house clean. Whatever it is that, that uplifts you and makes you feel good and brings you joy. Yes. So remind yourself of that. And um, I just want to wrap up by saying that um, if you are looking for love, love is looking for you. Okay. And no matter if you've had relationships that failed quote unquote in the past um if you have never been married if you are single after divorce i'm a two-time divorcee and like i said it took me three times but love was waiting for me and i found a way <laughs> to let love in i decided i was worthy of good love and baby i attracted it and i'm telling you i've never been so happy anita oh, okay yeah I've never been so happy. And one of the consistent things that Brian does for me is this man cooks dinner for me every night. Nice. And it's been that way for 10 years. It started when I was in my doctoral program. Um, we met and started dating when I was starting my doctoral program. And I told him, you know, I already had a demanding job. Then I was going into this accelerated doctoral program and I could not be a traditional partner. So, you know, this is what I need from you. Can you deal with that? You know, and is that okay with you? And it was. And so he had uh, started cooking for me when I was in my doctor program and it just continues. So now I do breakfast, he does dinner, and then we have our date night. So those are anchor points for our relationship. Those are touch points, consistent touch points for us. And I'm telling you, if you want good love, you can have it. A good man, a good partner is out there waiting for you and I can show you how to attract and keep. <laughs> All right. Your standards. All right, Dr. E Love. I hear you over there. 